Chapter 21 I fell. I saw Jake and Cassie come for me. But I knew. I knew they couldn't make it. Back off, you idiots! I screamed. And then I hit. I landed on my back. It knocked the wind out of me. I gasped for air. But I was under the surface. I was in liquid the color of lead. But living, seething water. The Yurks were everywhere. All around me. I bobbed to the surface. I tried to fire my echolocation. But the liquid kept rolling over me in sluggish little swells. I was in the Yurk pool. That awful fact was like an explosion in my brain. They were everywhere. All around me. They would get me now. I couldn't escape. I flapped my single sodden wing, but all I managed to do was churn the water a little. I started to call out to my friends, but no, no, they would kill themselves trying to rescue me. No. Only, what if the Yurks made me a controller? I would betray all my friends. I wouldn't be able not to. They can only make you a controller if you demorph, I told myself. They can't do anything to a bat. Too small a brain for a yurk slug. Stay and morph. But then I began to notice something. The yurks didn't seem to be paying any attention to me. It was like they didn't even notice the presence of a floundering bat. Maybe they didn't. Those hunter robots weren't there specifically to kill us. They must have been programmed to attack any animal. The yurks were being careful. They knew we'd infiltrated the yurk pool before. So they had brought the bioscans to the entrances, and they had activated the hunter robots. But a lot of innocent animals must have been fried over time. Other bats had probably wandered in, so I was probably not the first animal to end up in the yurk pool with a dracon beam wound. Thud! A yurk bumped into me. I froze. Nothing. Sloop! A yurk rushed against me. Nothing. It hit me then. Oh man! They're blind. They can't see when they're in the pool. They can't see without some host's eyes. So how did they find their way back to their host when it was time? Smell? Sound? Some other sense? I looked up and saw the domed rock roof, so high up above. I looked for my friends, but I couldn't see them. Maybe they were safe. Maybe not. If they had been taken prisoner, I had to save them. But I couldn't thought-speak. They'd probably assume I'd been badly injured. Or worse. If I called them, they might be destroyed trying to save me. What should I do? If the Yurks couldn't see a bat, could they see a human? I could morph to shark and go rampaging through the pool, eating the vile slugs till one of the controllers on shore saw my dorsal fin and burned me. There was a vaguely circular current in the pool. I was drifting around in a lazy semicircle, coming closer and closer to that evil still pier where they dragged the hosts and thrust their heads under the water to allow the Yurks to re-enter. Under the pier! If I was going to demorph, that was the place. Closer and closer I drifted. Closer, and I could hear the shouts, the cries, the screams, the utter despair. No, no, let me go! You have no right! Let me go! I have children who... The voice was cut off. The woman's head had been shoved brutally down under the surface. And seconds later, she stood up, perfectly calm, a controller once more. I could see the pier clearly, although from a very low angle. Bored Hork-Bashir controllers dragged unwilling humans 
and unwilling hork to the end of the pier, kicked their legs out from under them, and thrust their heads into the pool. It was just a day's work for the hork The threats and pleading meant nothing. They'd heard it all before. Hundreds of times. Thousands and thousands of times. The idea of morphing to a shark and laying waste through the yurk pool was starting to seem better and better. How I hated the foul slugs that surged and frolicked around me. But that would be a suicide mission. Maybe there was still some way to stay alive. The pier was coming closer. It was very low, just inches above the water surface. What should I do? Well, Rachel, I thought, you sure don't want to end your life as a one-winged bat. I began to demorph. There, floating amidst the enemy, I began to emerge back into human form. I was under the pier. I reached, hoping I had something like a hand. Rough, stubby fingers scraped along the steel underside of the pier. I thrust a face that was half human and half bat up into the three inches of airspace. I could see through the gaps in the steel planks. I saw Horkbeshire feet and the short Horkbeshire tail go by overhead. I saw human feet being dragged. Please, no, please, no, please, no, the man whimpered. I was larger now, a lot larger, so more and more yurk slugs were banging into me or brushing past me. Oh, for my hammerhead shark's razor teeth. But that wasn't the way to survive. Chapter 22 Fully human, I began to morph again. I needed to be right at the end of the pier for it to work. I was going to get very, very small. The distances had to be small too. I was going to do the one morph I'd sworn never to do again. I shrank. As I shrank, I pulled myself closer to the end of the pier. When my arms became useless, I paddled. I shrank and shrank till the low roof of the pier over my head seemed miles away. An extra set of legs extruded from my midriff. Antennae shot from my forehead. My body was severely squeezed into three segments. I was an hourglass with a head. My skin grew hard as fingernails, just like a cockroach's exoskeleton. But I was not morphing a roach. I was going much, much smaller. A cockroach would be visible. A cockroach would be an elephant compared to the animal I was becoming. I was less than an inch long and still shrinking, becoming the most terrifying animal I had ever become. I was becoming an ant. I fought my way continually to the surface. I couldn't afford to be trapped under the water. And soon, my natural buoyancy and small size kept me riding easily atop the swells. I took a last look around with my fading eyes. I knew what was coming. I knew I'd be almost blind. I needed to pick a direction and know where I was. A huge pillar, 50 times as big as a redwood, loomed in front of me. Right in front of me. My eyes went off like someone had thrown a switch. I was nearly blind. More blind than a mole. All I could see were vague, distorted lines between dark and light. Shadows. But I knew where I was. My six ant legs splayed out. They pressed down on a rubbery surface. The water. It was like trying to walk on a trampoline, and my legs kept poking through the surface. But mostly, I could do it. I could walk on the water. Or at least stand. Forward movement was very difficult. Fortunately, the water did that for me. A swell came along. I felt it well up beneath me, 
a vast, powerful wave that sent me rocketing up and up on its crest. I was surfing the yerk pool. The wave crashed against the pylon. A steel wall loomed before me, nothing but darkness to my ant eyes. I grabbed. I set my tiny claws grabbing wildly, grabbing at anything solid. And then the water fell away beneath me. I had grabbed the steel pylon. Tiny surface irregularities, the very grain of the metal itself, were all I needed. Up I raced, up to escape the next swell. It splashed. I felt the vibrations as the water hit the pylon, felt the air move as it was displaced by the tiny, but huge to me, upward surge. The top of the water swept my back feet, but I had four more legs firmly attached, and I powered them with all my human will. I felt the ant's mindless machine instincts. They wouldn't be any trouble. I had morphed the ant before. I was prepared. Besides, the ant was far from anything familiar, far from the world of smell it inhabited. Up I went, climbing and climbing, always upward. Ahead of me, I sensed warmth, body warmth and the smell of living things. Some poor creature, human or Horgbajir, or some foul, vile taxon, was being reinfested. I raced forward, hanging upside down as I ran, grabbing the encrustations and irregularities of the underside of the pier. Upside down, inches from the water, I ran and ran and didn't even slow down when I found myself no longer on steel, but on fabric. Then, up and up, I felt myself flying upward at an insane speed, but still I clung to the ropes that were threads in a cotton shirt. The host had been reinfested. I was on a controller. I was on his shirt, scuttling for cover beneath a damp collar. Ha! Let's see those hunter robots find me here, I said triumphantly. Chapter 23 I was alive. I had escaped from the York pool itself. But I couldn't be elated. I didn't know what had happened to my friends. For all I knew, they had not made it. I was riding safe and secure, clutching to twisted cotton threads the size of bridge cables. Cheap shirt, I muttered to no one. I could feel the roughness of the fabric. Eventually, I was going to have to jump. Hopefully, the person I was on would go into one of the buildings. Hopefully, who was not going to head straight back out of the yerk pool to the outside world. I didn't want to leave the place. Not yet. I had to find out what had happened to the others. I felt a breeze blowing across me. I felt the fabric ripple. We were walking. How fast? How far? No way to know. Had the quality of the light changed? Impossible to say. I had to take a shot in the dark. Had to guess. I raced out from under the collar and headed uphill. I climbed up to what I assumed was a shoulder. Could I do this? Could ants jump? Only one way to find out. I ran out to the end of the shoulder. I carefully released the grip of each of my six legs, one by one. Then, I crouched and pushed off. I guess the movement of the person who had been carrying me was enough to make it work. I didn't so much jump as I rolled off the edge. I fell. Forever. I swear, it took me ten seconds to hit the ground. And in that time, I tumbled, totally out of control, mostly blind. I had no way of knowing when I would hit. And even though I knew an animal as small as an ant wouldn't be hurt by the fall, it was frightening. Poof. I hit. 
I rolled onto my legs. Where was I? I felt around with my antenna. A smooth surface. Okay, fine. I was on a floor, where I could easily be stepped on. Great. Now to find someplace dark where I could demorph without being seen. I raced across the floor, totally unaware of where I might be. Then, darkness. But what did it mean? Was it a different room? Or had I just crawled under a cupboard or something? I ran on for a while, making sure that the space I was in was large enough. Then, I began to demorph. It was a long, long way up from the ground, going from an ant to human. But my eyes didn't return till I was halfway demorphed. I looked around. Dark, but not the dark of the cave. There was dim, gray light here. It outlined sharp edges and right angles. A storeroom. There were boxes piled all around me. They seemed to be made of blue plastic. I leaned against one as I finished returning to my own body. Human again. I looked around. My eyes had had plenty of time to adjust to the gloom. There was writing on some of the boxes, but not any alphabet I'd ever seen. There was a square pad outlined in red, just an inch on each side. Well, why not? I muttered. I pressed the pad. Instantly, the top of the box came loose, with a sound like a vacuum seal breaking. It sounded like when someone opens a can of coffee. I looked inside. Then, I smiled. I reached in and pulled out a little hand-sized Dracon beam. Cool. The grip was weird, designed for hork hands. But that was okay. Right by my thumb, there was a slide. It went up and down. Power settings, I decided. I had to use my middle finger to reach the trigger. Sudden light! A door opened. A hork warrior was framed there. He blinked once in the darkness. I raised my hand and squeezed the trigger. The hork dropped like a sack of dirty laundry. I stepped over to him. He was still breathing. I was breathing too, in ragged gasps. So, that was the low power setting, I said. Then, what's keeping you? A human voice. Female. I ducked back into the darkness. She stopped when she saw the hork stretched out on the floor. She was just about to yell when... Down she went, sprawled right across the hork She groaned once, then passed out. I looked at the dracon beam in my hand. Cool. Phasers on stun, Captain. I took the woman's shoes. As always, you can't morph shoes or bulky clothing. I took her blazer too. It wasn't a bad blazer. I checked the label. DKNY. Excellent. A little big for me, but okay. I pulled my hair back into a ponytail. The blazer was large, the shoes were half a size too small, and the glasses I took from her face made the world seem a little distorted around the edges. But all in all, it wasn't a bad look. And I wanted to look good for my first trip around the yerk pool as a human. I stepped out of the storeroom into the office outside. No one there. A second office outside that one. A man sat there. He was wearing a cotton shirt with a collar. He'd been my ride. Before he could turn around, I fired. He crumpled in his chair and looked like he was asleep. Which, of course, he was. I slid the dracon beam into the pocket of the blazer. And then, I stepped out into the world of the yerk pool.
Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. Uh, not, not a lot to say this time, and I'm pretty sleepy, so let's just get through it, everyone. Uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, I sure would appreciate that, you know, but no pressure. No pressure. You don't have to if you don't want to. Uh, I'd also like it if you tell a friend about this. Um, you know, just share share the Animorphs experience. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or, of course, on my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apodcalypse. It's like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. I paid real money for that site, so please feel free to visit it and see all the other things I do with my free time. That is... All I have, I think, and all I'm willing to say this week, so I will just see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.